message you're about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. And you will let all the miracles that can follow from an open heaven become available to us. Help us, O Lord. Speak to us, O Lord. Heal us, O Lord. Set the captives among us free, O Lord. And let us begin to enjoy your mercy like never before. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, let's shake hands with one or two people and say a good day. God bless you mightily today. And then we may please be seated. Uh, we will be continuing our series on To Whom the Heavens Open. And today we'll be in part seven. We've been considering the fact that one of the most important things that happened to Elisha the day he got a double portion of the spirit of Elijah was that uh, the heavens opened unto him. And we have said that it wasn't a first or last for whom the heavens opened. And so we decided that we will pick these people one by one and see what we can learn from them so that the heavens may open unto us and we will also know what and what to do after the heavens have been opened unto us. So we started with uh, Noah being the first person to whom the heavens opened. We jumped from there to Abraham. And then we've been considering what happened when the heavens opened to Moses. We discussed last Sunday specifically about who exactly is this uh, Moses. And one of the things we saw about him was that uh, he, he was a man with special hands. He was a man who could win a war simply by raising up his hands to the heavens. And that uh, that hand became special because it touched the holy ground. And we concluded by saying that uh, your own hands can also become very special so that when you lay hands on the sick, they will be healed. We said that he was a man with special feet because his feet touched the holy ground. And your, your feet can also become special as you go, witnessing for the Almighty God. 
And we also said that he was a man with a special face, the face that was shining so bright that he had to cover his face with a veil before people can come near him. And that, that is simply because he saw God. And that we too can have faces that will be shining as bright as the sun, particularly as we behold the glory of God and are transformed from glory to glory. But today we want to back up a little bit as uh, we consider who is this man called Moses. And we see that basically Moses is a child of destiny. And so our text today is going to be found in Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, verses 4 and 5. Jeremiah chapter 1, 4 and 5. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Almighty God made it clear that before any of us ever came into this world, we were known by God. He knew our parents. He brought them together to produce a very special person. And that person has a specific assignment that the Almighty God has for him. So you are not here by accident. That is very important. You and I are children of destiny. God knew what he was doing when he brought us into the world. And he will use any means to make sure he gets you here. So there's no accident in the birth of any child. Occasionally, parents are desperately looking for a boy. And God gives them a girl. Because it is the girl that he wants to send for a time like this. He knows what he's doing. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows your end before you were born. That is very important. Moses was a child of destiny. That's good news for you and I. We too, we are children of destiny. So what exactly do we mean by saying Moses was a child of destiny? In Genesis chapter 15, from verse 13 to 14, Genesis 15, 13 to 14, God was speaking to Abraham. And he told him, your seed, your children, 
they are going to be strangers in a particular land. And they are going to be there for at least 400 years. And then God says something very interesting. He said, when this is your seed, when your children will be living that nation where they will be strangers, they will live with a lot of wealth. Oh, talk about a God who knows the end from the beginning. It will interest you that it is written in Exodus chapter 12 from verse 35 to 36. Exodus 12, 35 to 36. That when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, the Almighty God said, they spoiled the Egyptians. The meaning of that statement is that they practically raided the treasuries of Egypt. The Egyptians were so eager to let them go that they gave to the children of Israel anything they asked for. They left loaded with the wealth of Egypt. Prophesied more than 400 years before. Don't ever think that God does not know where you are going to end. That's very, very important. He knows where you will end. So you are a child of destiny, just like Moses. And that's joy for anyone to know that, okay, Moses was a child of destiny. The heavens opened unto him. I am a child of destiny. One day, the heavens will open to me also. And so, the devil was waiting for Moses. He knew what God prophesied. That at the, at the particular period in history, the children of Israel were going to leave Egypt. And so the devil was waiting for him. That somebody is going to be born very soon who would lead Egypt out of, uh, who would leave, leave, uh, uh, lead Israel out of Egypt. So around the time when Moses was to be born, Suddenly, the king made the decree. Exodus chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. Exodus 1, 15 to 17. That every male child born to the children of Israel must be killed. He knew. The devil knew that the child that's going to be born is going to be a boy. It will take a man to lead these people out of Egypt. So the king made a decree. Because, I mean, if, if, if you read the story very well, in Exodus chapter 1, from verse 15 to 17, the children of Israel began to multiply mightily. Again, based on the prophecy of God. They said, ah, Abraham, your children are going, I'm going to multiply you greatly. 
So all of a sudden, the children of Israel began to multiply. And the more they were persecuted, the more they increased. And so the devil moved the king of uh, Egypt to say, every boy that is born, get him killed. But the Bible said that Moses escaped death from even the hands of the midwives because the king said, if the girl that is born, let the girl live. If the boy, kill him. The midwives did not obey the king because God was in control. God had been in control of your life long before you were born. He was in control the day you came to this world. <laughs> I was trying to explain to some of uh, my children that, oh, praise God, some of you came at a time when things are much better. In the time people like me was born, there's nobody called a midwife. There's no hospital, no maternity center. When you were born, your umbilical cord was caught with any knife that uh, the old woman in the house can find. The knife that only God knows how many germs were there. <laughs> and uh, somehow we survived. We were born in at a time that when, if we therefore seek, they give us concussions that they put together and there was no dosage. The more you drink of it, they thought that's the better for you. When you were sick and your body is very hot, temperature extreme, that's the time the mama will put you at his back and wrap cloth around you so you can get hotter. And yet we survived. Because we were all children of destiny. So you we were here and we escaped death because in Deuteronomy 32, verse uh, 39, Deuteronomy 32, verse 39, the Almighty God said, I'm the one who decides who will live. I'm the one who decides who will die. The one I kill that dies. And the one I keep alive will remain alive. Which is another good news for you today. Nobody can kill you unless God is ready. It doesn't matter how many attempts the enemy may make on your life. Only God can kill. And that's good news. Because we are living at very dangerous times. You don't know who is a friend. You don't know who is an enemy. You don't know those who are planning to destroy you. But be at peace, child of God. You won't die unless God says so. And until he's ready to bring you back home, you are here. Safe and secure. So, Moses was a child of destiny. Death was waiting for him when he came. And then God made sure he would not die. 
And God did something extra. He got this boy raised by his arch enemy. The very person that this boy was going to bring down on his knees was the one who paid for his maintenance. Oh God, he shows you that he is the Almighty. Got his mother to put him in a basket, put him in a river. He got the princess to come to bathe at the right time, found the boy, pulled him out of the water, got his mother again to come and take care of him, and then he paid. I mean, she paid for the upkeep. And then when the boy was old enough, they brought him to the palace. He was going up and down, trained, raised by the very people that he was going to spoil later on in life. He says in his word, Psalm 23, verse 5, Psalm 23, verse 5, he says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have been growing. You have been succeeding. You have been prospering, even though you are surrounded by enemies. Because there is a power that is above all powers. There is a God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord of hosts himself. And when he says, you will prosper in the presence of your enemies, so shall it be. And then Moses began to grow. And there is something within him that kept on telling him, you are like a prince now in Egypt, but you have a purpose. Destiny kept on beating in his heart, telling him, oh, oh you are born a deliverer. You are not to stay here in Egypt pretending to be a prince. These very people that have been treated as slaves, they are your true flesh and blood and you have an assignment for them. So one day, according to Exodus chapter 2, from verse 11 to 12, Exodus 2, 11 to 12, the Bible says, Moses went to go and see what's going on in the fields where his flesh and blood were molding blocks and uh, uh, bricks and building. And he saw an Egyptian ill-treating a Hebrew boy. And here he comes, riding in like a prince of Egypt. And he saw, what is this injustice all about? And then he intervened. And in intervening, his anger got the better of him, and he killed the Egyptian. You, you know the story. There are many of you who, from time to time, something within you tells you you are more than who you think you are. Deep down within you, you know you are not here for fun. You are here for a mighty purpose. 
And that thing keeps pushing you, keep pushing you, telling you that God has an assignment for you. I pray for everyone listening to me today that the assignment that God has for you, he will reveal to you today. And then we learned a big lesson from him. He tries to achieve the purpose of God by using raw physical strength. And oh, how terribly he failed. If there's any lesson to learn from Moses from that incident, is that according to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, Zechariah 4, verse 6, it's not by power, not by physical power, not by physical might, but by the spirit of the almighty God. The assignment God has for you cannot be achieved by human ability. You are going to need the spirit of the living God to achieve it. Because the purpose of God for your life is too big for you to achieve it on your own strength. Where God is taking you to cannot be reached by human reasoning, by human ability, by human education at all. Each time I look back on my own life, I found that step by step, God led me to where I am. I've said it before. A mathematician should not be a pastor. Why? Because mathematics and Christianity, logically speaking, are running in parallel lines. The mathematician goes by proofs. You prove it, I will believe it. Christianity says, you believe it, I will prove it. He said, the just shall live by faith. And then the almighty God crossed the parallel lines. He grabbed the mathematician and turned him to a pastor. Only God can do that. I can tell you stories upon stories that led me to where I am today. And thank God, he's still in control. And I know there's a great future ahead of all of us. But we are going to need the spirit of the living God. It is not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. And then, what about the days in the desert? Because as a result of the, the, the mistake of uh, Moses, he ended up in the backside of the desert. And he was there for 40 years. Several lessons to learn. One of, us, one of which is destiny could be delayed, but it will not be denied. Oh, you could take the example of Joseph. Genesis 37 from verse 5 to 11. Genesis 37 from verse 5 to 11. God showed Joseph what's coming, what's going to become. 
how he's going to be the ruler, even over his brethren. But you know the story. You know how everything went one way or the other. He was, was sold into slavery. He got himself into prison and uh, for, for obeying God, for being true to God. And uh, in prison, he met certain people, helped them. One got to, uh, to the palace. He told him, don't forget me. That fellow just forgot him promptly. Why? Because for your ultimate destiny, God has a timetable. I can tell you that when finally in Genesis chapter 50, from verse 15 to 21, Genesis 50, 15 to 21, when the brothers of Joseph came to him, fell before his face and said, we be your servants, I'm sure Joseph would have remembered. Ah, this is where God was taking me, where these my brothers can come and bow down. So when God was ready, that's when all of a sudden the heavens opened. When you read Exodus chapter 2, from verse 23 to 25, Exodus 2, 23 to 25, the Bible says, after the children of Israel, they were suffering, but God was counting the years when the almighty God saw that the particular time that he had in mind had come, he said, all right now, let's do something about it. That's when Exodus chapter 3 followed. That's when the heavens opened unto Moses. Because it is written, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 from verse 1 to 8, Exodus chapter 3 from verse 1 to 8, God has a time for everything. He has a timetable. And when you read Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to 4, Acts 2 verse 1 to 4, the Bible says something. He said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that is when the heavens opened unto the apostles. There is a time that God has attached to your destiny. My prayer is that that time will be now. Amen. Oh, because he says in his word in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3, he said, the vision is for a particular time. If you think it is tiring, wait for it. It's coming. Where God is taking you to, you are going to arrive. Oh, there might seem to be things that seem to be causing a delay. But the Almighty God is walking his purpose out. And I believe in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the day for somebody to suddenly see the heaven opening is today. Why? Because God is never late. He's always on time. 
Psalm 46 verse 1, Psalm 46 verse 1 tells us that is the ever-present in the time of trouble. He comes in at the right time. Never too late. And you can't force him. As soon as the time comes, certain things will work out for your glory. Which is why he says in his word concerning some of you who are listening to me who have not yet surrendered your life to him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, he says, Hey, today is the day of salvation. You are listening to this message, and all of a sudden, something within you is saying, huh, It seems that the pastor is talking to me today. Oh, yes. God is saying, There is an accepted time. And for salvation, for your salvation, today is the day, the day of salvation. So if you are listening to me and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, I beg you, don't let this day pass you by because you may never get another opportunity. So if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, please respond now. If you are in a church setting, run to the altar. Because God is passing by you now and is beckoning to you and say, come, this is your day of salvation. Go to him. Bow your head to him and cry to him for salvation. If you are at home, begin to pray right now and say, Lord, I come. Please save my soul today. And I will begin to serve you like I've never done before. And the rest of us, Oh, let's thank the Almighty God because this might be the day the Lord has made. The day when we are going to rejoice. The day when we are going to be glad. The day when the heavens are going to open unto us. Let us pray. My Father and my God, I want to thank you once again for your word. I give you all glory and honor for the people whom the heavens will open today. Particularly those who are rushing to you now, crying to you for salvation. Please receive them. Save their souls. Let your blood wash away their sins. Receive them into the family of God today. And let the heavens open unto them. And for us, those of us who are your children, those of us who know without any doubt that we are children of destiny, please, Lord God Almighty, let our day come today. Let the heavens open to us. And we will all praise you forever. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please join us on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God. <laughs>